Good morning. There we go. I can hear me. I can hear you. Welcome to this worship on the 22nd of November, Thanksgiving Sunday. It also happens to be our Consecration Sunday, and we're so thankful that you are here with us, either worshiping in person or worshiping with us virtually, as we take the time to praise God, to give thanks, and to make our pledges for how we might live into the next year as people of faith. I don't have a lot of announcements this morning other than I want to draw you back to the announcement that I made last week. Last week I said, please be flexible and pay attention to announcements because our county has moved back into the purple zone, which means our hopes for gathering inside in the next couple of weeks is put on hold until our county is back in the red. So please either join us in person for worship or online. Next week, we are only offering an online option as we are giving our tech team the weekend off so that they can spend time with their family and to, as a, a, an opportunity to say thank you to them for all of the hard work that they've put in over the last eight months. So next week, get your computers ready to log on to www.umcwv.org to watch worship there. All right? Let us prepare our hearts for worship by receiving the gift of music. The Psalter reading today is from Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord is God. It is he that made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his court with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Now is the time in our worship service where I invite the children of our congregation to come close to their TV screens and computer monitors so that we can have a bit of a conversation with one another. I recognize that I'm talking to you because you can't respond back to me. But if you tell anything to your parents, I encourage them to text me so that I know what you're saying and how you interact with our children's time. This week in our Celebrate Wonder curriculum, we talked about having big feelings and also about the choices that we make as we continue to learn about the story of Jacob and Esau. Big feelings and choices can go hand in hand. 
when we are sad or mad or hungry, or in our household, when you're hangry. My kids will tell you that sometimes mommy gets more than a little angry when she gets hangry. I'll admit that right now to all of you. But the thing is, is that when we are in one of those moods, any of those big emotions, we need to take the time to process and think about the choices that we make as opposed to just thinking or just talking before we think. Esau was so hungry one day that when he got back from hunting, he gave up his birthright, the right to inherit everything and to be the leader of his, of his community over a bowl of soup. Can you imagine that? Being so hungry that you're like, okay, you can have everything. Just give me that soup. If Esau had paused to think about that choice, he may have made a different decision. And today, I want to give you guys an acronym. That, that's a funny word that we use that kind of gives us letters to help us to remember something. So our word today is stop. And the S is to stop. You stop, and the T is to think about your actions. Think them through. The O is to offer your choice to God and to pray, the P is to pray about it, to see if God gives you some wisdom or insight in the action. Only once you've stopped, thought, offered to God, and taken a moment to pray should you move forward when you have one of those big emotions. That way you're making a choice based on wisdom from God instead of the anger or the sadness or the hunger that we're feeling. Please know that your feelings are great and wonderful, but sometimes we need to think through our actions before we respond to those feelings. Will you guys take a moment to join me in prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for big feelings. Thank you for choices. Be with us when we make our choices. Amen. Let us take a moment to be in prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we rejoice in your love always. We offer praise and thanksgiving for the ways in which your spirit moves around us, offering us wisdom, offering us healing, offering us comfort, all at the right times and in the right places, depending on the situations that we're in. Help us to continue to praise you regardless of what our life situation is as we are grieving, as we are rejoicing, as we are wondering what comes next. 
Let us see the blessing in the midst of all of it and the ways in which we can give thanksgiving to you. As we think about our praise and thanksgiving, allow us to prayerfully consider the commitments that we might make and how those commitments might help us grow closer to you and help you build the kingdom. As a church family, we lift up prayers for the following people and situations. We lift up prayers for Carolyn Harrison, who has been diagnosed as having COVID-19. We pray that her symptoms continue to remain minimal as she quarantines and recovers from this, this virus. As we think about Carolyn, who's a part of our church family directly, we also have to think about the over 250,000 Americans who have lost their fight with COVID-19. Offer comfort to their families. Let them know your presence as we grieve the passing of so many people. Lord, we know that sometimes death is not as much of a grief, while it is a grief, we see the joy on the other side of it. We join with Margot Aldcroft, lifting up the life of Zara Dick, because Zara was truly a joy for everyone who got to know her and had the opportunity to visit with her. We also lift up the joy of friendship and community that boys buoys us through our difficult times. And we join with Margot and Laura as they give thanks for the support and love of their church family, especially the choir, as they have reached out to express their sympathies and remembrances. We thank you for lives well lived. And we thank you especially for Zara as she blessed us for 94 years. We take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. And we join together in saying the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Good morning. Our scripture reading today is from Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20 and Philippians chapter 2 verses 12 through 18. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you to both will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and arguing, so that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation in which you shine like stars in the world. It is by your holding fast to the word of life that I can boast of the day of Christ, that I did not run in vain and labor in vain. 
but even if I am being poured out as a libation over the sacrifice and the offering of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. And in the same way, you always must be glad and rejoice with me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. join me in a moment of prayer. Gracious God, we again give you praise and thanksgiving for the ways in which you continue to be amongst us, offering us community, offering us hope, offering us comfort, and offering us joy. Help us see the, to see the blessings that you have for us each and every day. So as we go into the world, we might be people who shine and radiate your light to a world who needs it so desperately. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. About a century ago, Albert Schweitzer, a theologian and Nobel Prize winner, remarked, the greatest thing is to give thanks for everything. He who has learned this knows what it means to live. He is he has penetrated the whole mystery of life, giving thanks for everything. Schweitzer was restating a bit of wisdom from 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, which says, Rejoice always and pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Diana Butler Bass this week reflected on Schweitzer's quote, and she stressed that he was, of course, correct. To learn gratitude is to know the mystery of life. But he was also wrong in a very important way. Butler Bass says, the verse is a bit of a double-edged sword. It is often used to demand thanks. No matter how sad or scary or angering a situation, for some some well-meaning and eerily cheerful person will say, you should be grateful for that, or give thanks for everything. But this is a misuse of the verse. 
It does not say, as Schweitzer misquoted, and as many people seem to think, for all things give thanks. Gratitude is not about giving thanks for anything that is evil or unjust, never for violence, lying, oppression, or suffering, not for illness, hunger, or abuse. Do not be grateful for these things. The verse says, give thanks in all circumstances. That little Greek word, en, means in, with, within, and throughout. It locates us in the here and now, in the past, in the present, in happiness, or in the future, in happiness, in despair, in all things, in all times, in all situations. This has been a year to learn this lesson. In all times and situations, we need to see the sparkle of good, of light, of hope, of God. We find blessings in the smallest things. We look with gratitude for the ways we have been able to stay connected. We have new appreciation for the aspects of life that we once took for granted. In the midst of this pandemic, we find things to be grateful for on a daily basis. Butler Bass says this about gratefulness. Gratefulness grounds our lives in, in the world and with others, always reminding us of the gifts and grace that accompany our way, no matter how hard the journey. Gratitude is an emotion. Gratitude is a practice, a disposition, an awareness a set of habits, but ultimately, gratitude is a place, perhaps the place, where we find our truest and best selves. I think that sentence from Butler Bass is so important that I'm going to read it again. But ultimately, gratitude is a place, perhaps the place, where we find our truest and best selves. To know the mystery of life is to be grateful in all things in all things, with all things, through all things. Coming from a place of gratitude allows us to offer praise, thanksgiving, and pledges for our lives. As we work together in setting a, a new course, we must stay rooted in gratitude. We stay rooted in gratitude to offer praise, and how can we do anything but praise when we are reminded that God is with us always? There's a Christian band named Casting Crowns that I've been aware of for at least 15 years now. And their lyrics usually speak to me deeply. After dinner, dinner on Thanksgiving, their holiday album will be one of the ones that is on repeat in my car for the next several weeks until Warren tells me that he's sick of it and I turn it off. Um, Casting Crowns, has a song called Praise You in the Storm that I think is important for us during this pandemic. It, too, used the preposition in this storm. Their song knows the truth that Butler Bass was talking about. God is with us in the midst of the chaos of this pandemic and is promise, or promising to be with us as we navigate these waters. We come to God with thanksgiving, we express our thanksgiving in a variety of ways. We offer gifts back to God. We join God in the amazing work 
that we have been invited into in sharing the good news with those that we encounter and meet. We offer our thanksgiving by taking ownership of our faith and making it our own, as the passage of Philippians spoke about. It's been a while since I've read you the passage in a different translation, so I'm going to bring back the message for us today as we hear Philippians from the translation version of the Bi- or the message version of the Bible. It reads like this: Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of light, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain, even if I am poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith. I am glad and rejoice with you all. Likewise, you should be glad and rejoice with me. I love the phrase, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life. Marg Moscow looked at this, this portion of the passage and says the phrase shining, or there, in the NIV version, shining light like lights is translated as shining as stars. The phrase shining as stars in the universe is more accurately translated as appearing as luminaries in the world. Either way, Paul wanted the testimony and behavior of the Philippians to shine brightly and manifestly to those around them. For most 21st century people, stars are merely beautiful objects in the night sky. But for people in the first century, stars were not only beautiful, they were also seen as part of a divinely created harmonious order. One of the primary meetings of cosmos is orderliness. Paul wanted the church community to be a shining example of a beautifully ordered, harmonious society. Stars were also indispensable in navigation. The moments and patterns of the stars showed direction, and travelers studied and watched them carefully on their journeys. By holding forth or holding fast to Jesus Christ, they are called the word, who is called the word of life. The Christians of the, at Philippi could illuminate the path of Christ and lead people to Christ. We are invited to shine like stars. I love that this is our passage for this week because I think it's going to tie into our next couple weeks of worship as well. As we step into Advent, we're going to be talking about coloring the world with Christmas. And I hope that if you are watching next week, you will see how this passage right here ties into what our students are saying to us in Student Sunday as well. As the sermon's already recorded, I know what it has to say, so I promise you that there's a connection. Um, But we're invited to shine like stars, helping to plot the course. Some of that shining comes in the form of making a pledge. 
Some of that shining comes in helping to cast a dream for what our new course might be. Some of that shining will be in the form of lighting the way for our ship to get to our destination. But maybe, more importantly, helping others to find their way to us and a relationship with God. Some of that shining is taking the directive from Jesus, as in the passage that we heard from Matthew this morning, that encourages us to go, to baptize, and to teach. We are invited to pledge as well. Often, to shine like stars, we need to make a plan, set goals, and to have a group help us, to help hold us accountable. We work together for our own personal growth and for the mutual renewal of spirit and accountability. We covenant with one another and with God. We make pledges that we strive to keep or exceed. I see this as I have, I have seen this as I have had an opportunity to watch Warren work from home over the last eight months. Warren is a scrum master. Has anyone heard that term before? One person, other than Warren, um, has heard that term before of those that are gathered here. And he oversees various projects, helping programmers to look at the breadth of a project and break them down into units of activity and then helps the programmers to claim portions as their responsibility. He then watches over the project as it is being accomplished to help notice missing components and works to keep within a specific timeline. Warren is the accountability manager. Each of the developers he works with makes a pledge to accomplish specific tasks to bring the project to completion. I wish I had a scrum master in my own personal life to do my to-do list that I cross off as I accomplish different or beyond my to-do list that I use to cross off as I accomplish different tasks. As a church community, we have different ways to have these forms of accountability. We have Bible studies, book groups, and small groups who help us reach our goals for learning and growing in faith. We have worship to help us praise God. We make pledges about our financial commitments to help us reach that commitment and to help the church set a budget for the coming year. Here's the truth. Our pledges, along with the other goals that we set, are more attainable when we break them down into smaller pieces and work to achieve them over the course of time. When we let others know what our pledge is, we are held accountable and reminded of our goal. Sometimes we achieve that goal spot on. Sometimes we exceed our goal. Sometimes we don't quite make it, but we have gotten closer to it than we would have if we had, didn't have that goal in mind. As a congregation, we pledge to a variety of things out of our praise and thanksgiving to God. This year, we are inviting you to, on this journey of setting a new course. We commit to worshiping God, learning about God, supporting the ministry of the church through our prayers, our presence, our service, our witness, and our gifts. 
Today is Consecration Sunday. We are lifting up the pledges that have been submitted and offering them to God. But before we do that, I want to invite David Cupbilt up to update us on the pledges that have come in. Thank you, Rachel. Uh, I believe that makes me your financial scrum master. <laughs> so we've reached Consecration Sunday, and like much of the passage of this year, it's arrived quietly and quickly, as weeks tend to blend together without the usual annual rhythms and markers. But it's easy to treat this time as stewardship lightly, as we complete the pledge forms and just tick a few boxes. But behind the form filling is the awe-inspiring act of us consecrating our life and our God-given resources to Christ in exchange for that eternal gift of grace and righteousness. But we've reached a pivotal point in the history of our church, and it's a difficult time to arrive there with social distancing, but really this is not new for us. It's crept on us over many years. As C.S. Lewis quotes, the safest road to hell is the gradual one, the gentle slope, soft underfoot, without sudden turnings, without milestones, and without signposts. And the surest road to a decline of a church is the gradual one that doesn't call for us to make immediate changes, but lets things remain unchanged. And until recently, that's been true for us with the gradual aging of us as a congregation and the gentle decline in our membership. But for the last two years, we have been given some large neon signposts with a sharp loss of members caused by the schism in the larger Methodist movement, compounded by the enforced social and religious distancing under our California COVID restrictions. As part of the stewardship campaign, we gave a financial report this week. It was on Zoom, of course, and we opened up our financial position to the congregation so they could ask as many questions as they wanted. If you missed the call, the link is available to the one-page summary that was sent out and we're always happy to be here for more information. The net of all of that being that the losses in membership and giving and the impact in growing place school revenues and the declines of rental revenue from COVID means there's a large shortfall this year for us to make up. So we're putting a call out to commit to a marked increase in the level of your giving to this church in the difficult times. Ultimately, the question is, what is your vision for the future of our church? because we're standing at a fork in the road with difficult decisions to be made. Path one, we can accept our current level of membership and giving, and we are forced to make changes in staffing levels to balance our budget. Path two, changes to our combined level of commitment to the church, and we together can shape a different future. But we can only make these decisions by knowing your intent as a congregation. There's been a strong commitment to renewing and revitalizing our church through active involvement in the Shift 2.0 campaign. But ultimately, it comes down to your intent through your pledges. I would have liked to make a more meaningful update here as we reach the end of our stewardship campaign, but we still haven't received enough pledge cards from you. So our plea is that everyone submits a financial pledge this year so that we can make those important and imminent decisions with a fuller knowledge of your commitments. Thank you. Thank you, David. We currently have, I'm going to say, about 40 pledge cards, maybe 45 pledge cards in hand. 
And we know that some are on their way through the mail. <coughs> Forgive me. Um, but we want to ask each and every one of you to fill that out and send it to us. If you haven't filled out your pledge card yet, consider writing, finding a piece of paper in your home or in your purse if you're here and writing down that number on that piece of paper because in a few moments we're going to be praying a prayer over the cards that we have in hand, the cards that are on their way here through the postal system, and the numbers that you are lifting up on the papers in front of you. We need to hear from you so that we can properly prepare and plan for our ministry in the year to come. How are we going to offer praise to God? Where are we going to express our gratitude and thanksgiving? How are we going to faithfully share the good news to the community, inviting others to join the journey with us? I will offer a prayer over all of the cards, as I said, um, the ones that are present here, the ones that are in transit, and the virtually the, for the ones that you have at home. And then I ask you, those of you who have not mailed in your pledge yet, to, sorry, pledge in, the pledge that you're making. I lost my point in my notes, I apologize. So basically what I'm saying is that if you have not mailed in your pledge yet, please do so. Snail mail, email, please get your, your pledge to us. I'm going to advise against carrier pigeons or smoke signals because we are not trained in reading those just now. So please, email or mail is the way to go. But let us know what your pledge will be for the next year so that, we, so that as we praise and offer thanksgiving to God, we can do so with a vision and an idea and a plan about setting a new course. Will you join me in prayer? Awesome and almighty God, we continue to seek ways to praise you, offer thanksgiving, and make pledges to grow as disciples to you. Let these commitment cards be ones that take root in our hearts and nourish us as we faithfully give to you through both our monetary giving and the ways in which we live our lives. Let both the gifts that we pledge to give and the lives that we lead become like stars, shining, our, shining on the path so that we can set course for a new possibility as people who vibrantly, dynamically, and faithfully tell of your love, tell of your light, and do the work as your people. Help us to go, to baptize, and to teach as we faithfully give to your church. In your name we pray, amen. We've now come to that part of the service where we ask you to make your offerings for this year. I know much of what we talked about is the stewardship campaign and looking forward to next year. But to balance the budget for this year, we typically need to come in strong through the end of the year.
and we ask that they do that now uh, as you look at your screen and find ways to give for us. We ask for open hearts, open minds, and even open wallets. Come thou font of every blessing. Amen. Um, thank you for our bell choir who has been practicing and figuring out how to make those social distance uh, restrictions work as they gather to make beautiful music together. I want to remind you that next week we are worshiping online, so be ready in front of your TV screens. If you are present here for worship and you still need to fill out a pledge card, I've been notified that there's some cards over at the table where Joanna is standing, and you can get one from her. And now, rooted in love, nurtured in love, go forth in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who meets you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love goes with you each and every day so that you may shine bright like a star as we join together in setting a new course. Amen. Amen. 